Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for July 25th, 2021. Uh, the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. Proper 12. Uh, year B. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I could throw on to that title. Uh, but I can't. I can't. And this is... <laughs> it's as full as it gets. And uh, we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Now, Bruce... Everyone wants to know, how are you doing? I am doing fine. Good, good. For the for, for the the one person who's listening in the first time ever, they're going, why? Why would you like? <laughs> what's the concern? <laughs> well, probably none by even people who listen for <laughs> on a fairly regular basis. But. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all utility systems of the house are working, mm -hmm, cars mm -hmm, working. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, the inanimate objects are cooperating at the moment. So, yep. Now that I jinxed them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the internet won't go down as we're recording this remotely from one another. And it died. It died. Uh... <laughs> We jinxed it. Always do. Um, but yeah. So, what, what's that old line about your something now belong to us or whatever? That's, well, now uh, I'm, not, I'm super not sure. Okay. I, I'm too old. But <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, my screen is flashing with the message that would mark me as too old. <laughs> that's a computer joke. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, now I'm now I'm very curious what it is that you mean. I'll, I'll update it. Suddenly my screen's in Russian. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, so, so it's when hackers when hackers attack. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's not uh, that's not too uh, um, remote uh, for for us to understand these days. Uh, it seems to happen all the time. Um, but yeah, as I read uh, the day for this podcast july 25th holy cow um like this is the last sunday in, in july and yeah we're 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 not oh i guess it goes on for quite a while actually i was gonna say it, we're, we're, <laughs> i thought we were really close we we're getting close to halfway through the season after pentecost uh we're not we're really about a third a little over a third I bet we're yeah. So, but still, I think we're over a third. But still, it's it's going by so ridiculously quick. Yeah, and you know, come September ish, there are all sorts of different little church feasts and stuff that break it up, like St. Francis Day in early October and mm -hmm. All Saints Day in early November and all. So it, it yeah. feels like then Pentecost is is no the season of Pente after Pentecost is no longer quite as uh, monotonous as yeah, it might right. otherwise seem. You heard it here first. Mark your calendars. September-ish. Uh, <laughs> be on the lookout for it. Well, since you always ask me what are coming events, I'll just put in here September 12th is when we'll completely mm -hmm. uh, kick off all the education formation activities yeah. for the parish for young and old alike. So Yes, September twelfth is when not you'll that get far. To have this kind of educational experience in person at nine a.m. at Holy Family. Yeah, yeah, we are we are, but I think it's like that's like seven weeks away. That's not very long at all. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of stuff to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little past due, Bruce. We've been meaning to talk to you about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not yet. <laughs> 
But yeah, um, the, the uh, um, here here in just a couple of weeks, uh, those who have kids, if there's kids in the background, I believe mm-hmm. they're probably going to back to school here in a few weeks, which is crazy. Oh, I know, I know, it is uh, it is unfortunate. But uh, I mean, how um, are they going to work as unpaid labor in the fields if they're back <laughs> in <to> school? <laughs> oh, simpler times, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, at, where little Johnny could lose a finger but have another month off from school. Be sure I, I, I encourage all the kids to be sure to complain to all the adults about how they have to go back to school, uh, and then all the adults watch as your parents look off wistful, wistfully in the distance of remembering a time when they could have a summer off. Yeah, and oh, what we would do with it! Oh my goodness. Um, I have that dream every now and every every once in a in a while, and that's it's the you know the most glorious thing ever. Like oh, to have a whole summer. Yeah. <sighs> one, of these, <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> um. So so uh, you mentioned you mentioned uh um our our, our kickoff our return yeah. to uh normal programming as it were in uh at the church um but we've got a couple of things going on in between now and then too is yeah. is there uh, uh anything that you would like to highlight i think that we have like a thing coming up this this uh tuesday uh if you if you happen to listen to it, uh, the broadcast on tuesday morning don't we don't we have like the the yeah um we have the um City of Fishers outdoor free concert that will have a you know look look for us kind of sit together and listen to the music, mm-hmm. um, bring, you know bring your own lawn chair and crunchy refreshments or whatever it is you want to have and have a great time with fellow parishioners listening to music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, there's there's a yeah that's going on. If if you don't listen to this on Tuesday, um, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> And and we very much miss you being there. I actually will not be able to be able to go, um, uh, so I'm kind of bummed about that. So, uh, well, one one thing I'll put a plug in for that's not a parish event, but will be at the same venue, mm-hmm. is the free blues festival that Fishers offers every Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And they actually have some very good musicians for that. Um, I'm a bit of a blues fan, and so I can recommend that highly, regardless of who else might be listening in person very cool very very cool um so yeah as always visit our website hfec.org to see what all is going on um and uh uh, but in the meantime we continue to have our our regular services uh eight and ten on sunday mornings 10 o'clock is a broadcast live i will say that at the end as well uh, I think you'll find uh, that I that I repeat that, um, but worth repeating. It's worth repeating. And in the meantime, though, Bruce, I want to see if I can stump you, and I believe I've got the person to stump you this week for okay. for your person of the week. Uh, nineteen seventy two, or sorry, dyslexia there. Seventeen ninety two. Oh, <laughs> totally different. Totally different era. Seventeen ninety two to eighteen sixty eight. Hugh Davy Evans. I uh, that that wouldn't be a good guess. Um, I will guess. I that's a flat out guess. Is a, a founder of a seminary. No, 
No, okay. no, he, he was he was not. He uh, uh, I picked him today because he brings up uh, a uh, a couple of really good um, discussion points about uh, faith, your personal journey, our involvement in the whole uh, uh, church process. He is a lay theologian and a defender of high church principles. So in that statement alone, there's several things that we could talk about. The fact that they, yeah. uh, uh, a lay leader, uh, 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 you don't have to, <laughs> proving that you don't have to necessarily uh, go to seminary to to d do a deep dive in theology. Oh, right. Um, right. Um, and a defender of high church principles is also... Uh, a, a, a great topic uh, here in the Episcopal Church, especially uh, because we have um, uh, some high church mentality, some low church mentality, a mixture of the two, and participants uh, uh, and and members of the church who have preferences in you know one or two of those camps. Maybe even depending on what aspect of the service or the, or, or or what have you uh, that you're talking about, they may be high church about something and lower yep. church about something else. Uh, uh, so the, a lot of um, uh, topics to kind of, uh, that, that you can kind of uh, uh, do real big deep dives on. But as far as Hugh Davy Evans goes, uh, that's his highlight statement. Uh, born in Baltimore, Maryland, he began to study law when he was 18. How about that? Uh, well, that was, nor that was normal then. There wasn't... Like eighteen-year-old apprenticeship, that kind of a thing, or yeah. Well, and whatever your profession was going to be, you started studying it at eighteen at the latest. You didn't do four years of undergraduate and then specialize. You specialized from the beginning. How an eighteen-year-old gotten gets into law and sticks with it, I have no idea. Uh, but right. he he entered practice. He entered practice in eighteen fifteen, which means that he would have been twenty-two. Uh, and uh, he was a widely published author and an editor of church journals uh, for several for, for over a decade. He edited the True Catholic, which was a high church journal under the patronage of Bishop William Whittingham of uh -huh. Maryland. Uh, he also published articles in the Protestant Episcopalian, uh, the Register out of Philadelphia, <coughs> as I cough. For no unknown, for some unknown reason, uh, the Churchman uh, and the American Church Monthly. Uh, he was an, a leader in conventions of the Diocese of Maryland, a deputy to the grant to the General Conventions from 1847 to 1859. Uh, he was a defender of the Union, uh, so getting Good. into the Civil War. Uh, and he was a lecturer on civil and ecclesiastical law at St. James College, Washington County, Maryland, uh, and he died in Baltimore in 1868. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, Don't die, Ben. Don't die. <laughs> Don't die. You still have to accomplish something. <laughs> have you finished reading for law yet? <laughs> I read enough to know I did not want to be a lawyer. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, so uh, uh, one of the great reasons to pick uh, uh, Hugh here, Mr. Evans, um, incredible involvement in the church, uh, 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 opinionated about uh, 
one one would say uh, um, matters that aren't um, maybe maybe I think it would be fair to say not essential uh, to um, or, or, or like the critical points of faith. Um, just kind of more preferential if you're getting into high church, low church kind of discussions, but uh, uh, highly involved, very smart, uh, not a priest, uh, proving that we all have contributions to make. Right. Um, and and very involved, uh, are, uh, publishing and in, in all those different um, um, publications are, are like yeah. uh, intense. Uh, well, well, let me add a couple things of, of <clears throat> context for him. One is that he was an adult in a period in which there was a bit of a clergy shortage in the Episcopal Church. Hmm. And so the leadership of men and women who were not ordained is what kept the Episcopal Church growing during that time. Mm -hmm. so, so it was then, um, and hopefully still now, recognized as key to the church staying faithful they couldn't they couldn't just rely on clergy hmm. the other thing is the the arguments and conflicts around high church versus low church were deeply deeply felt hmm. there were episcopal church culture wars to use a current term hmm. of how important clergy leadership was that was one of the hallmarks how important the holy eucharist was how often it should be offered um how um how should i put it um well how biblically um it, how how we should stand on biblical inerrancy versus scholarly interpretation mm -hmm. um and just all sorts of things were tied into those conversations and you throw into that um the enslavement of a bunch of the american population mm -hmm. which um often the low church folks were more likely to be slaveholders hmm. it it, it was a very, very conflict-filled time. And so, in many ways, he was on the right side of history, as we now say, on most of those issues. Excuse me. Yeah, that's... Uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of terrifying to think uh, um, being alive... <coughs> Goodness, I am got a dry throat. Uh, being alive during that period of time and if you were born during that period of time, like what would, how, how would I feel? How would I interact? Yeah. What would my upbringing be? Um, kind of, kind of glad I didn't have to make those choices. Um, yeah. um, but I, but I assume, uh, someone further on in time will look back and be like, well, I'm glad I didn't have to make those choices and, 2020 2021 or whatever it is right well yeah especially since the the dramatic <laughs> conflicts are often what attract historians mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what's much harder to find out is what was the day-to-day -day life of whatever culture you're looking at what was that like 
a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. That's uh, and one of the things. Okay, this is complete going down the rabbit hole. For, so stop me before long. Um, <laughs> one of the things current um, historians and archivists com- are very worried about is how much of our communication is no longer preserved. Mm. That you know we That's don't have true. collections of letters by. Um, folks being preserved by universities or other archives um, so that occasionally when someone's on top of this uh, someone might get an email saying I noticed you were on this committee Um, could would you mind sharing with me the emails that that national church committee exchanged as they were forming this decision at the general convention six years ago Uh, because before there would be all sorts of written documentation of and right. some of it embarrassing. Uh, well, <laughs> you scoundrel, um, how yes. dare you say this? <laughs> uh, kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and and that those are very hard to preserve now. A blessing and a curse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now you upgrade your computer and you've lost you know the last. X number of years of your history sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm currently sitting here sweating uh, what all I've written down that could potentially be turned over should a church historian contact you and be like, <laughs> I want everything involved uh, with this decision uh, because, oh, it turned out to be such a great idea and then uncover this terrible uh, email from Ben. <laughs> Who is this Ben Payton? <laughs> I have questions. I don't like his tone. <laughs> Boy, was he on the wrong side. Right, right. <laughs> he said, Fisher should never have an Episcopal church. Right, right. What are they thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, no. that's the blessing part. It's a blessing for me. It's a curse for for though for historians and and yeah. uh, I wonder. It makes me wonder how many people are actually dedicated to that field these days. Uh, oh, lots. Many are. Are they okay? Um, sometimes they have to do it as their advocation rather than as their paid job. But yeah, mm. lots of people are are keeping their eye on that. And and fortunately, there were some. There's been some progress on forcing government people to archive emails in a way that's accessible in the future. You know, there's an agreed upon format and that sort of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, for, for church stuff, it's still chaos. Hmm. We got to pick it up, man. Got to pick it up. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, cause we don't even have national <clears throat> journals. Like what's his right. name? Right. <laughs> Contributed to <laughs> Yes, what's his name? The all-important guy that we just talked yeah. about. <laughs> Poor Hugh Davy Evans. I apologize to you, yeah, Hugh. that's a great example of how we have a lot of I bet we have more of his writings than we have of people who died in the 1980s and 90s. Yeah, that's 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 probably Isn't true. That, that is. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. Let's get out of this rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, let me let me first make sure make very clear, uh, Bruce. Just because we have this conversation doesn't mean that the next time it comes up with the bishop or any of the bishop staff about preserving history, did I volunteer in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure that's super clear. Okay, let's move on to the readings. <laughs> 
this week, Second Kings verse uh, verse chapter four verse forty two through forty four. Um, okay, all right. Uh, help before I start reading this, help me out with this. I, I mean, obviously, the first part of this place is Baal Shalisha. Is that am I am I going to say that right? Baal. Yeah, I think, Baal yeah, Shalisha? I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Take well, two. actually, the. the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, right. actually totally wrong. Hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, well, I I was focusing on the second part. Baal. The first, the first part, you really are supposed to make two A sounds. Yeah, Baal. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Now yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I realized I didn't do it the first time, but yeah, okay. Baal Shalisha. Okay, so take two. Um, <laughs> verse 42 says, A man came from Baal Shalisha bringing food from the first fruits to the man of God, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. Elisha said, give it to the people and let them eat. But his servant said, how can I set this before a hundred people? So he repeated, give it to the people and let them eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. He set it before them. They ate and had some left according to the word of the Lord. So um, here in a little bit, you'll realize uh, why this Second Kings reading was chosen. Uh, spoiler alert, it's the uh, fishes and loaves story for the gospel reading. Um, so I definitely get that. But uh, tell me a little bit more about the, uh, this is only three verses long. It's a story that involves Elisha, prophet of God. Uh, it very much has some of the same themes of feeding people, having food left over, <clears throat> having faith in God that, that what is made available will be enough to spread around. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I was going to say that um, it's definitely a um, it's definitely connected with the feeding of the thousands that's that's mm -hmm. found in all four gospels, uh, in slightly different forms, and it's in a section in Second Kings in which there are a number of miracles that Elisha performs that Jesus will later echo in Jesus's miracle okay. works. Okay. Okay. Chapter Chapter Four is there's a just full of one after another, and. Mm -hmm. That's one reason why this is such a, a short reading is that then it, it, it's just left one miracle and it's about to go to another miracle. Okay. Okay. So this guy, I mean, <clears throat> let's, we'll do simple math for this. Uh, this guy had 20 loaves of barley and it's a hundred people. And he didn't think that it would be enough for everybody. And probably, I mean, truth be told on, you know, for the story, nowhere in here does it say like, uh, they ate and had their full, uh, you know, uh, that they were, that they were filled to the brim and couldn't possibly eat anymore. But, uh, I mean, you could kind of actually kind of see where this food could stretch for a hundred people. 20, if, if it's a loaf and there's 20 of them and a hundred people, that's five people per loaf. Right. And then right. some fresh ears of grain. So it is, I feel like on this story, it's more highlighting uh, not so much of a, of, of a miracle that I could stretch that far, but more this story in Second Kings is more focusing on the generosity 
of one man and how the people are, are able to do with what they've been given and share with each other and make it work. <clears throat> so like the gen how the generosity kind of gets passed down. Is that kind of, am I on track with that? Or is that, or, or, or is this designed to be more along the lines of like mystical and holy crap, you know, holy, holy crap. This really did, you know, feed a hundred people. Both. Okay. Okay. Once again, both. Uh, that loaves probably were not as large as sure, sure. our contemporary ones were. So that <clears throat> so hundred people being satisfied that that's some pretty miraculous feeding. Mm -hmm. um, I and I've heard various things of um, a loaf at that time being about the. Um, size of a softball okay uh, rather than <clears throat> the size of a basketball i got you sure so in that case you know you, you're getting you know the equivalent of six rich ritz crackers you're not going to be sitting back and patting your tummy sure sure um so there's that dimension of what what did a loaf mean and well, we're knowing more and more from archaeology. They weren't big. It was easier to keep them fresh if they were smaller and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but And there is also the dimension of <clears throat> Elijah taking what was his due and no one would have thought less of him for keeping it for himself. And in the midst of a famine, which it says in the verses before we started, oh, okay. he, he does share it with the folks that are gathered with him. Okay, that would that would have been a, a an, an interesting uh, pretext or, or, or cursor to precursor to the uh, yeah. uh, to the story that would have been uh, very helpful. I'm glad you said that because that that does then color this story a little bit differently. Of like, <clears throat> not only was it not only was it uh, um, stretched very thin, but it done so during very hard times. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah so it, it's um yeah it wasn't just oh we don't want to go to the grocery store can we eat here tonight right it, it was we don't have any food in our houses and elijah being able to feed 100 people hmm still still i i do i do kind of get that feeling of like um um similar to like uh uh, uh god doesn't test you beyond what you can handle that's uh, baloney, but go on. I, yeah, right. <clears throat> but in that, in that, this story kind of does say, like, even during the hardest of times, God will provide something, and and you can, uh, uh, even though it's horrible, you're all, it's all, you're not in that boat alone, and and the the, the good side of mankind can come out, and we can share and, and yeah, take and, care of each other. Yeah, and it. it Elijah had free will, so he could have said, I'm totally entitled to keep this and make sure I have enough for the coming three months. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, sorry, guys. I, I got to put this in the pot, in the in the jar, preserve it. And they and the rest of the people there were said, well, of course you do that. That's what all of us are, would do. Um, so the, in many ways, the miracle is, first... Elijah saying, I'm going to share this. 
and mm-hmm. we'll see how far it goes. And then because of the cooperation of Elijah <laughs> and the other people gathered mm-hmm. there with this potential miracle, it could unfold. Hmm. Um, that God's work could be done because Elijah was willing to say yes. Where does this um, reference, uh, and again, we've talked about this many times, the addition of quotation marks uh, uh, occurred much later, but uh, it, it appears to reference a saying for, thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. Do we have an idea as to where that's referenced? Is that uh, from something? Is that from their period of time wandering in the desert? And the, um, the the manna that came on the dew, is that, am I, am I thinking of anything? I, that, go ahead. I believe, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I think you're right. That it's referring to the provision by God while they were mm-hmm. um, wandering from Egypt to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, which again, like, like, like I said, kind of colors the story uh, in in such that that was that was the source of uh kind of elisha's faith of yeah look we've been as the as the israelite people we've been through worse uh you know yeah. give it to them we will share we will make do there are, these are these are good people uh it's not going to create a riot uh, which probably could have potentially yeah. been a concern um uh, although it's not expressed uh in in writing here but i mean if you're in famine and you suddenly have a sack full of food um that would be a concern as to whether whether or not it's going to cause uh safety concerns for yourself for elisha for the other people around um and um the story shows that 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 we 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 could behave and we could share and we can be kind to each other and the other thing is that there's a distinct possibility that those hundred people gathered there were not nice. Mm. How uh, so? Like, what, what makes you say that? They are described in the in the verses before <clears throat> as prophets or sons of prophets, and part of the narrative of Elijah and Elijah are how often there are people who are described as prophets who are not at all real prophets mm-hmm. and and actually at times are very corrupt and sell out in order to gain God's favor. I mean, not uh, God's favor, the king's favor, that they, they emphasize their okay. own power rather than being faithful to God. Huh. So this wasn't, this wasn't Elijah sharing it with his own disciples mm-hmm. or with people that were clearly holy and deserving it was basically just whoever happened to be there well and and also probably people that uh, would be implied that they're at odds uh elisha didn't suffer fools in the area of prophecy uh, yeah, and he had more than more than he had one. A bunch call of throwdowns out. over that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, these are people that are the subject of ire in some of his other sermons and writings, and yep. uh, so that that's that's an interesting um, addition to the story. So, and very much in line with the Jesus feeding miracle of Jesus didn't say, "Okay, all you who believe I'm the Messiah." get on this side of the field and you'll be fed. Those mm-hmm. of you who don't, 
We'll see what we, we might got as well left. go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, let's uh, let's move forward then yeah. towards that story. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Ephesians uh, chapter three, verse 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, definitely a prayer. Uh, right. I don't know if anybody else caught on to those context clues, like <laughs> amen at the end. Um, I felt, I felt pretty like, uh, pretty good about myself going like by verse three. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, before you even said pray, I was like, I think this is, this might be a prayer. And then, uh, by the end I was like, well, that's barely worth mentioning, isn't it? Uh, but I did it anyways. Um, um, so, uh, it's kind of like a model, is that the intention of this kind of a, a model pray when, you know, when you pray, pray something like this or, or something, or is this, is this Pauline like prayer, um, written down to kind of capture his essence or, or, or do we know, do we have an idea? It, it's yes, it's very much how Paul closed some of his, his genuine letters. And again, <clears throat> okay. This is a, a letter that is written in the spirit of Paul, but not by Paul. Right. Um, so it's this. This is one of the ways you know it was an amateur, so to speak. <laughs> okay. That, Shots fired that, by Bruce Gray. Let's go. <laughs> in that it has this great crescendo, and then goes on for two more chapters. <laughs> it's like everyone. Well, wait. You said all men. We're done. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, I still want to talk about this and this and this and this. Uh, yeah, it, oh, introducing you jerk, you know? right? Introducing the ver the very first postscript uh, uh, in prayer. P.S. Yeah. P.S.S. P.P.P.P.S. Um, and one more thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to add another. Let's see. Well, you know, this is in chapter three and it goes on to chapter six so it's almost you know it's only about halfway done when it fakes out the closing i i imagine even even god himself uh rolls his eyes by the end like oh my gosh oh, come yeah. on <laughs> why, why, why are you saying i'm in now <laughs> uh, i don't think that word means what you think it means <laughs> and what's interesting is most if not all of the ephesian quotes that modern liberal Christians have the most trouble with come after this. Hmm. So it's entirely possible that the original document ended with that amen. And then the author said, oh, no, I'm going to 
slam women and i'm gonna say it's okay to have slaves and <laughs> the the author men or are someone, always in charge <laughs> right the author or someone thereafter like you know uh, uh, yeah. uh you know thomas comes in and is like I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to throw this in here yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that i'm in charge janice <laughs> anyway it's almost like and and don't forget every wednesday we get pudding Right, Put that in right, there. Other right. people have to make the pudding, but we get it. <laughs> I don't think that's write it, write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let it be written. <laughs> What's the Greek word for pudding? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, Is a sweet cake as good? No right, pudding. Right. <laughs> so um, uh, the, I mean the 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 prayer's pretty good uh yeah. maybe we should just end ephesians after at, at after verse 21 here in chapter three i would be much happier with the book of ephesians if that is where can it we ends. can we just like agree can that we can we can we put that on general <laughs> convention docket for you know uh, let's move uh, let's move so well, move? Technic technically we could <clears throat> and i guarantee you would not make it out of committee <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it wouldn't. Uh, uh, what, what if instead of eliminating it, we could just move it to the apocrypha? Oh, that's slamming the apocrypha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair, 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 fair. Um, so, what about uh, th this prayer? Um, um, I mean, it, any anything you would want to point out about this yeah. prayer? I, the, the the one thing that I that I noticed is. Um, uh, he gets into in verse 18 he gets into like uh full dimensions uh uh which the the list of all everything uh mm -hmm. is very pauline to say the breadth breadth and length yeah. and height and depth and width and, and <laughs> volume and area and circumference and like that's very pauline infinite to... <laughs> points on this line <clears throat> yeah right is. exactly uh but uh i mean it kind of I don't know. It feels it feels very much like a, it, it, are it, are they describing a building? Like it, like it, it kind of makes me wonder. Like is there is there a hidden meaning behind you know this? Is this supposed to give you imagery of yeah? You know, I don't know the the temple that's been torn down or or you know something like something along those lines or or is it just uh, just there <laughs> and we don't know why? <laughs> well. Um... It's supposed to take you out of. It, it's supposed to make you stop and go, "What?" So it worked. Okay. Just, okay. Yes. And done. it. What it sounds a lot like are the Greek and Roman, you know, first Greek and then Roman adopted, uh, philosophical expressions about the vastness of the universe. Oh. Okay. Okay. That when you're when you're trying to get people to think beyond their immediate environment, you start using language like this, which we still do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and it, yeah. it's difficult. Humans have finite brains and you're trying to at least approach an, a description of the infinite. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what's happening here in terms of the liter the message of the words. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, so I had asked you a question and then I went on my own thing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> anything, what would well, you like the, to point out about this prayer? The following verse, mm -hmm. 19, 
and to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. What's interesting here is the, the Greek is not clear at all as okay. to the love of Christ. It's, it's not clear. Does it mean how much we love Christ or how much Christ loves us? Hmm. So it's kind of, and I mean this seriously, it's kind of a beautiful ambiguity. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I was just trying to reread the, 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 the sentence then with that in mind. Right. Very cool. Yeah. And it, it it's one of these sort of um, Zen exercises of whichever one you think it was, try to ponder the, the other possibility mm -hmm. to see mm -hmm. if that expands your sense of God's love. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you, writer of this prayer. Uh, uh, I take it away if you're uh, if you're the same author who writes some of the rest of it following, but uh, <laughs> but good on you for this. <laughs> yeah, I I have to again admit it, I'm totally biased against the second half of Ephesians, but it it really does feel like this is where the the good guy stopped and the meanie butt took over. Yeah, I'm just imagining uh, um, um, someone carefully, prayerfully constructing and then finishing it and turning to their understudy and like, now send this to the church in Ephesus and then like walking off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaning against a wall, scribbling some more. <laughs> right. And then the understudy going like, oh, oh, I've got things. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send this to Ephesus. I've got bugaboos <laughs> that they're going to hear about. <laughs> it was all humans. Philip, did you ever send that letter? Oh, I sent it. Oh, I sent it, buddy. <laughs> See, the writing of the Bible is so much more fascinating in my own brain. Uh, <laughs> That's right. It went never, never get greenlit for a movie though. Um, uh, anything else about this uh, prayer before we move on? We should probably move on. Okay. Um, our gospel, as we teased earlier, is uh, uh, about the feeding of the crowd. But um, before I even get into it, can I ask: Is there a reason that we're not reading it from Mark? Because we're meanies. I guess we're going to read it from John. We're following okay. Mark this whole year. And then, uh, nope, not for this story. Well, it's, it, yeah, we should talk about that. In this lectionary, we have three lectionary years mm -hmm. and four gospels. Sure. Mark's the shortest of the gospels. And so has to share his year with John. Uh, okay, okay. And so if there's a story such as the feeding of the thousands that occurs in Mark and John, we go with the John version. I suppose it makes sense. Uh, it is the longer account, um, yeah. if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Uh, yeah. I feel like the Mark account is pretty short and sweet to the point uh, because it's sandwiched in between this past Sunday's uh, uh, reading. 
uh, gospel reading, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, <clears throat> so it can't be very long. Can't be but uh, you know ten verses or so. Um, and so the John reading is longer. So uh, just just to prepare you ahead of time, my, one of my questions will be: What details does John have? that Mark does not, because if Mark is about half the size or half the length of, of detail, yeah. and I'll be is, curious to know. You guess completely right. The Mark version is 10 verses. And the John, yeah. And Hear John me one, prophesy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do not make oh. my donkey lame, son. Oh, gosh. Was that, uh, was that lightning? I think that was lightning. Um. <laughs> and, and the John version is 21 verses. So, yeah, it's yeah. twice as long. So, uh, so yeah, that, that will be, and, and as you listen, while I, uh, uh, stumble through this, uh, 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 as you, as you listen to the podcast, just think about, uh, all the details that John gets, uh, and, and so yeah. that we can kind of compare notes when we get to the end of it. So John chapter six, verse one through 21. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the sea of Galilee, also called the sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages could not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. What are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. They so also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who is come, who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified, but he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. Okay, so, compare. <laughs> you have three hours. Turn in right, your right, blue right, books. Right. <laughs> uh, no, like more like uh, 12, 15 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. One <laughs> um, of the big... One, to start in a sense in the in the middle in John uh, chapter 6 verse 15 th there's the dimension of the story of Je it says when Jesus realized they were about to come and take him by force to make him king mm -hmm. he, 
He withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Um, Mark does not have that at all. In mm-hmm. the Gospel of John, there's a running theme of people have no idea really who Jesus is mm-hmm. and are only concerned about their own preconceptions of of what they want out of a new leader right um coming out of judaism and so yeah they're thinking king liberator from the romans right uprising uh, rebellion yeah economic reforms mm-hmm. um yeah, all sorts of things very material right now things mm-hmm. and of course jesus was much more than that so in mark it's implied through the apostles not understanding in John that's expanded to everyone not understanding. Okay. Okay. So that's a, that's a big one. Um, and of course it's ironic because in John, John makes it so much clearer that Jesus is, is the Lord of all the earth is the King of all creation. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of, so it's it's no small irony that the people are going to take him by force to make him king when he's already a, a much better king than they could ever force him to be hmm. or to become. Hmm. Yeah. So so John often has these sort of ironies within his writing, well ahead of his time on that. Hmm. Um, let's see. I'm just I'm doing a little more comparing. Um, a lot more details on how big the crowd is, where they came mm-hmm. from. Um, sea of Galilee is also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Mm-hmm. Um, the setting of being on a mountain is um, not found in Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's instead just a lonely place. Hmm. Uh, one thing that's the same is uh, 12 baskets of uh-huh. leftovers. Uh, leftovers. Mm-hmm. Um, John makes it a pass, basically a Passover meal. Uh huh. Right. And that is to call in mind, like the story we started with today, the miracle of the uh, manna in the wilderness to the people mm. escaping slavery in Egypt. Gotcha. Whereas Mark doesn't feel the need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark, Mark does just kind of get right to the point. He yeah. doesn't context He's... is not his king. Um, uh, uh, he does a really good job of rounding things out. But as far as like going into these these types of details, or also known as that that uh, that John does, he has a tendency not to not to really do that. Kind of move forward with the the bigger point. Right. Um, I, I did notice that since uh, we were comparing it to uh, the earlier reading, it, unlike the Elisha feeding the crowd story, um, uh, I don't know if there's a difference in the translation, but in verse uh, 12, um, uh, said, said ind- indicates that they were when they were satisfied, they got they got up and got everything. So uh kind of implying that they had eaten their fill right um and uh and 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 had leftovers um 
Do you want to say anything about the aspect of this story that um, modern day Christians probably would have a hard time with, which is uh, no way does five barley loaves and two fish with leftovers feed 5,000 people. Like, are we really expected to believe this as literal uh, literalism? Is this uh, mysticism? Is this miraculous ism is that an ism uh um, <laughs> miracleism um like what what is what is the context surely this is like a, a tall tale a paul bunyan kind of a thing like right i mean well it's funny you should say that because mm-hmm. in various almost like we've had this conversation twice before but go ahead silly <laughs> 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 old lectionary um yeah that in among Christians who are not comfortable with supernatural events, the interpretation frequently is when the crowd saw Jesus giving away everything that he had and the little boy giving away the fish. I think this one has the little boy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it um, does. That they were shamed into pulling out their hidden away bags of bread that, that they were not willing to share until that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that the the miracle was the generosity of the thousands of people, um, sort of a Woodstock scene of right. Yeah, dude, let's let's make one big pot of stew and feed. Shoot, what was Wavy Gravy's line about breakfast in bed for ten thousand oh people goodness, or something? You're bringing out Wavy Gravy, I don't remember. Uh, okay, uh, it was something like that. Um, I, I I actually chatted briefly with wavy gravy when i was in college just you did did you really that's yeah, cool you, that's you pretty hung cool. out on the berkeley campus um, uh, that so, makes sense yeah. <laughs> never mind that makes sense that, that, yeah it wasn't hard to do gravy be? <laughs> yeah probably um, on berkeley <laughs> so that so that and you know valid a valid interpretation that mm-hmm. jesus inspired this massive act of generosity and that we should echo that today that's a a fine interpretation um but there's also the dimension of whoa something amazing and supernatural happened and people still didn't get who jesus was Mm -hmm. and so one of the reasons and part of that then goes into the argument about well why aren't there jesus level miracles today as the answer can be well when those happen people didn't believe so right why keep trying right uh i mean uh, yeah it does it, it as far as the narrative device i think we kind of gloss over it but uh um as you had pointed out as a narrative device this is a miracle and these people's reaction is hey let's make him king yeah, like, we'll never, we'll we'll never have to work again. Right, <laughs> he'll just let's spend em- every day making gazillions of loaves right. and let's, fish fillets. And- make him the highest, uh, highest position on, here on earth. When I think clearly John is probably more leaning into the, uh, uh, he ain't from around here. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> um, uh, kind of kind of thing. So. Uh, narratively speaking, I, I, I like that where they're like, "All right, let's make this guy king." I like <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> like, no, <Yeah>. you don't. <laughs> well, and later on in John, in the Gospel of John, 
the crowds start to thin out when he stops feeding them. Huh. Um, so in, in John, it gets very explicit with essentially how shallow people are. Right. When they, they walk away Jesus. with they walk away with t-shirts and like I was there for for yeah. for the miracle and 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 but I was only there for the food. Right. <laughs> uh, um yeah, and and it, 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 this uh the story that follows the feeding is that also in Mark the yeah. uh the 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 second cuz this is the second time that there was rough water, right? Yeah. Uh, and in Mark, at least the story is on the way to the withdrawn location, there was a storm, and then there was one on the way back. Do, do I have all that correct? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. So like, um, and, going and so through like, like the Bermuda like, Strait or something here, and coming back, and I don't know. Well, there's there's been lots of, um commentaries written in sermons preached about how dangerous the sea of galilee was and is and all that it's mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a big lake and so it is susceptible to very quickly being stirred up by wind currents and such so sure i'm, I'm perfectly willing to go along with that but i think mm -hmm. the deeper meaning is you know, literally days before the apostle saw jesus still the storm and save them mm -hmm. and their reaction here is to be frightened mm -hmm. and you know and basically hope he goes away right and jesus has to say no it's me don't be afraid and then they finally felt relief as he got into the boat and in the, no, in no, the no. case of yeah i was gonna go ahead in the case of john not in the boat well in verse 23 21 then they were glad to take him into the boat, at least in the translation. Oh, the, the version that I've got here is they then they wanted to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the land that they were going to. And so it kind of made yeah, me, I have a made slightly it different like, translation in front of me on my as well. I like, so. I, I like the imagery of the disciples on the boat, like, Jesus, grab my hand, and then they like run ashore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't get to get in. <laughs> I'll save you, Jesus. Oh, we're here. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, you'll you'll be happy to know that the the translation that we're, we'll use on Sunday that Ben read is the more accurate. That <laughs> when they were willing to in the Greek, they were willing then to receive him into the boat, and immediately was the boat at the land to which they were going. There you go. That's the word for word Greek. So there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that. Take my hand. <laughs> Pull us over there. Jesus, <laughs> grab my hand. <laughs> oh, hey, we made it. <laughs> All right, so we'll meet you on shore real quick. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, uh, but also, can we can we spare a mention here uh, that um, they just left him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh. Evening came, disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, started across the sea to Capernaum. Jesus said, it was now dark, and Jesus had not come, yet come to them. Where, like, they were like, I don't know, it's getting dark, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and Capernaum, I, not so much in John, but historically, Capernaum 
basically was the home village uh-huh. for uh-huh. Jesus and the apostles. So it, it makes sense that it was like, oh, we can just go across and sleep in our own beds tonight. Mm, um, okay. So in that way, okay, it yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. But yes, they did ditch him. He had, with Jesus had withdrawn <laughs> to a mountain by himself. And the apostles were like, hey, there's there's a warm bread and a hot breakfast over there. Let's go. Right, right. Also, the wind's kind of kicking up. We should we should bounce. Like, yeah. he'll, be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> he's he's in one one of his withdrawal moods. Just let him let him uh, let him withdraw uh, to the mountain. He'll, he'll be fine. We'll we'll get him tomorrow. And in contrast, Mark says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him. Uh, and and okay. he, then he went up the mountain to have his private prayer time. Gotcha. So it's gotcha. interesting that that John does not phrase it that way, but instead kind of disses on the apostles. Right, right, right. Again. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, just, just, yeah, just, just weird, just weird. I mean, you. For all the extra effort that John uh, uh, takes the time to detail in his story, the little bit of like, oh, this was on purpose instead of like, you know, they they just left. They yeah, did Irish, they did. They did him the old Irish goodbye and was like gone. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, I think yeah, I think John very carefully chose to phrase it this way so that, um, in a sense, it. Once again, Jesus has to come through to help the humans who are stupid. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas in Mark, it, it was Jesus' fault that they were in that storm. True. I mean, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. But we are pretty dumb. Yeah. I mean, it, in John's to John's point, we're, we're 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 not the brightest sometimes. That's okay. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that's not changed through the centuries. No, no, no. All right. Anything else about this story? Um, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, that means that he has something in mind, but you'll have to attend uh, uh, the sermon right. in order to catch it because he doesn't want to waste it on this podcast. <laughs> he gives he gives me the scraps, the scraps. He saves the good parts. I got what's left in the twelve baskets. You guys are going to get the actual fishes and loves tomorrow. That's um, right. Or, the or, or fish sandwiches will be in abundance. <laughs> Very good. Well, with that, we will call to a close. This your podcast for July twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. And uh, as always, we look forward to seeing you in person at eight or ten o'clock Sunday morning on the twenty fifth. Uh, if you're not able to make us make it in person, uh, but uh, might be able to enjoy it from the comfort comfortability of your couch, your bed, your phone, wherever you're at, uh, the ten o'clock service will be broadcast live on YouTube and, and available those, on demand. I was just gonna say, and should <laughs> none of those times work for you, uh, it will be uh, available on demand thereafter at HFEC videos on YouTube. Uh, so lots of opportunities to to watch and get the good stuff that he's saving for you. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'll say it's worth watching two weeks ago service to see the baptism of a very cute little boy. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, just uh, fa- if you want to just fast forward to when he's center, center, front and center, and it's well worth it. 
yeah yeah it was that was a lot of fun to 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 do a baptism it's been it's been so long it's been yeah. so long uh so that was a that was a lot of, of fun it was a real treat yeah. yeah real treat so all right well uh with that we will call it to a close and until next week i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you later bye bye bye